Here's this week's students on John Logan's School of Thought. Good afternoon and welcome to School of Thought. This afternoon we have five fantastic kids from the Beaumaris Primary School of Ocean Reef with us. Let's say hello to each and every one of them. Riley, how are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How about you, Joel? Oh, uh, yeah, good, Joe. Paige, welcome. Thank you. And Matvey? Hi. And Amalia? Hey. Hey. Just to get things started this afternoon, I'd like to ask each and every one of you the same question, and that is, what's your favourite activity? What's the favourite thing, the fun thing, that is, that you like to do? Riley? Well, I'd have to go with my favourite activity being soccer, which is what we'll talk about later. <laughs> Thought you might say that. How about you, Joel? Yeah, I'm the same as Riley. I like soccer a lot, and yeah. And where are you coming from, this one, Paige? I adore books and reading. That's what I do in my spare time. Matvey? Well, I don't really have like a favourite thing to do, but one of my favourites is skateboarding. And Amalia? Well, I really love music. I've been doing it for a really long time. It's funny about that because a lot of this lines up with what you're going to talk about this afternoon. Amalia, you've actually picked performing arts. Now that's acting, but it's also singing. Um, I understand that you do both of those and you have been since you were six years old. How did you discover your love for the performing arts? Did someone inspire you? Well, it was mainly my parents when I was like a little kid because when I was really young, they played a lot of MTV around the house and like they sung a lot. My mum can really sing. That's where I got my voice from. And my dad loves music as well, so I kind of picked it up from them. What productions have you been in? I understand there's been a few. Yeah, well, I've been in two. I've been in The Wizard of Oz at the Regal Theatre with APEP. And I was in Annie at Limelight Theatre. Uh, there, it was community theatre. And for The Wizard of Oz, I was a munchkin. And for Annie, I was Annie. So I got the, I got the main part and it was really fun. So but you were Annie, so you would have been required to sing. Yeah, it was really fun. I can sing, you know. In the shower. That's about where, it's, where it starts and ends for me, Amalia, in the shower. Same. I also understand you've done a bit of busking. Um, tell us about that. You've done some busking, I understand, with an acoustic guitar. What was the purpose of that and when did you do it? Well, I've only done a few. It's more of a recent thing, but um, I do it just around the place because my parents know a lot of people. Like, we picked up all these gigs around the place and I kind of just do it for, like, fun and I get a day out of it and um, sometimes I earn a bit of cash. Oh, you get a few tips, do you? Yeah. (laughs) I think I'd get tips to keep me away from singing if it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring Paige into this discussion. I understand, Paige, that uh, at Morris Primary School you've introduced some new program for the performing arts. Is that right? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of new projects from this year. Do you know some, something about those? Uh, there's now drama class and we do a bunch of drama and, and we have like really good teachers and all of that. Yeah, it's really fun. We do it every Monday. For my class, we do it every Monday and it's, just, it's awesome. So girls, does that involve all of the kids or just a certain age group? Um, it includes everyone. I'm pretty sure every grade does a class for about an hour or so. So I understand you have some of your teachers that are pretty accomplished in this particular area. Do they get involved in it? Uh, yes, they help teach us and sometimes we have um, whole school projects. Yes, yeah, so mainly in, in the class sometimes we do like little skits where we get to like act out like special like like maybe like the three little pigs or something, um, something simple. 
and we get to act it out or we get to, like, take a picture and we have to, like, describe what it is. Matt, for you, I want to bring you into this discussion. I understand you love skateboard riding. In fact, you told us a little bit about that earlier on. Now, that requires a bit of skill, but also a heck of a lot of theatre. Is performing to the public front and centre of your mind when you jump on a skateboard? Well, performing to the public. Um, I could, but I'm not that really good. But I'd want to be get good so that I could impress people and maybe get sponsors. Well, skateboard riding, of course, is going to be at the Olympics for the first time at Tokyo. Do you aspire to do that one day? Mm, no, I don't want to go to, like, the Olympics, but it would be nice if I could get noticed by, like, companies that would, like, um, help bring, like, uh, my dream come true to become, like, a professional skateboard rider. OK, or... so they could sponsor you, you mean? Yeah, sponsor, yeah. Sounds like a lot of, uh, lot of fun as well as some big bucks perhaps in the back pocket. <laughs> Riley and Joel, you love your soccer. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, soccer, that's a theatre in itself. Um, yeah. Especially that diving. Now, don't tell me you're not into the diving. Uh, well, me personally, I'm not a big diver, but we know a lot of people that are because, I mean, nowadays it's a big part of the sport. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but it's a big part of the sport nowadays. I understand your mate Joel then is the diver, is he? Oh, um, yep. <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. There are some professionals that dive that uh, want to get them red carded which is when someone does a really uh, unfair tackle and the referee would blow their whistle and give them a card and they'd get sent off the pitch. It's all part of the game, but isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it is all part of the game, but, I mean, for some of them, as Joel said, you'd get red cards, but a lot of the tackles aren't unfair. It's just training on how to be dramatic and dive. And I know some of your favourite footballers, and you're going to tell us about those later, they do some of the tricks of the business, don't they, to get some of the people yeah. in? Yes, they do. They get, I'm glad you admit that. Yeah, yeah. And, and by like doing all those tricks, in one game they can get lots of money. Even, lots of money. Oh, yeah. Lots of money, yeah. <laughs> Millions. Even, even just being on the bench, which you wouldn't be on the field. You, um, Especially famous. playing in like Europe and yeah. English yeah. Premier League and stuff like that. You're talking yeah. about yeah, big dollars, a, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. there's um, a lot of big money thrown around, especially for certain big players, such as who we're going to talk about later, one of our favourite players. They get paid big, big bucks. So the theatre as well as the skill is yeah. what uh, brings it home to the public. That's yeah. what yes. the public love. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to you, Amalia. Your career, you're telling me off air, you hope is going to be in the performing arts. Uh, what's the next step for you? Well, I'm really hoping to get into John Curtin, my dream high school in Fremantle, uh, which I'm currently doing auditions for. And I'm also doing some for Churchlands. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. That would probably be my next step. And then, of course, from there, you'll aim at, um, I guess, the WA Academy of Performing Arts, will you? Yes. Um, ever since I was like, like five, I've been telling my parents I want to go to Whopper. Yeah, it's just, it's been a really big dream of mine to go there. You want to be a star? Yes. Okay. Well, this program got you started, Amalia. <laughs> it's students having their say. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to School of Thought. With me this afternoon, the kids from, five wonderful kids from the Bo Morris Primary School in Ocean Reef. And one of them loves skateboarding, and that's Matt V. How you going, mate? I'm doing great, thanks. Now, one of your teachers sent me a note that, and this is what it says, 
not all skaters are as sketchy as they look. Yeah, because like the way some skaters dress with like baggy clothes and how they act might seem like sketchy to others. But if you get to know them, they're not as sketchy as you think they are. You don't look sketchy at all to me, mate. No, I don't. <laughs> not the least bit, especially with the school uniform. Yeah. And all. <laughs> okay. How did you get started uh, on the skateboard, and uh, what's a good way to actually learn the basics? Well, so I started skateboarding like around when I was seven, and then like once I learned how to ride, I stopped, and uh, because like I didn't, I had I was interested in other things, and like my friends didn't do it as much, but. Like now, like a year ago or a couple months back, I decided to go back on it because more of my friends were doing it and I got interested in it. And uh, a good way to learn tutorials or like just tricks to do is you can go to YouTube and there are lots of like clever and detailed skaters out there who will tell you like what to do exactly and how to improve and just things in general to do. How about the older kids? Do they give you a hand? Uh, yeah, some do if you ask them. Like Some people are like very intimidated by the older people, but they're actually quite kind if you ask them. Just You said yeah. you stopped at one particular stage. Why did you stop? You just uh, got fed up with it? Yeah, and I wasn't like really interested in it anymore. Why, why are we not interested in it anymore? I don't know. It just got a bit boring over time, and like I didn't have like much friends to support me. And, like, I just felt, like, a bit alone doing it. So you're passionate now again? Yeah, I'm passionate about it Okay, and and you're aspiring, I understand, to do, um, well, I think you mentioned it earlier in the show, you'd like to be a professional skater at some stage. Um, Maybe. If that's where, like, my career is heading, I would like to do that. You know, get sponsored by one of those big brands. Matt V, skateboard riding can be dangerous. Would you agree? Yes, it can. Okay. So... (laughs) How do you feel about mandatory helmets for skateboard riders? Well, I mean, they can be mandatory, but I I think they shouldn't be. And every skater should have a say in if they want to, if they don't want to wear a helmet. Let's bring your classmates into this discussion. Amalia, what do you think about uh, skateboard riding? Um, Do you think helmets should be mandatory? Well, um, I can't really stand up on a skateboard, so I don't know. But I think that... Maybe Matt V, I kind of agree what Matt V says, that people should have a say in whether they wear their helmets or not. Just as long as they're confident in what they're doing, then it shouldn't be mandatory. Amalia, have you given skateboard riding a go? Yes, when probably when I was a little bit younger, but I remember I tried to stand up on a skateboard, almost fell over, the skateboard went from underneath my feet and I just laid on my stomach and used it like that. The university was telling you something, you think, Amalia? <laughs> yes. Yeah, stick to acting and singing. How about the boys? Riley, have you given skating a go and um, what do you think about it? I have. I'm not very good at it, quite frankly, but um, uh, I think with the mandatory helmets things that there are a lot of big events, especially with skateboarding coming to the Olympics and all that now, that you may not necessarily need to wear a helmet, but for some lower levels, especially when you're just in the skate park, um, unless you're very confident, like Matt V said, you probably should wear a helmet. It's not necessarily a need for it to be mandatory, but make the smart decision, I'd say, and be safe. Joel, what's your view on this? 
Okay, so I reckon that they should be mandatory because even if even if you're a professional at skateboarding, you can uh, you you might not get everything right and you could still trip up and that could lead to serious head injuries. Like I know people that have um, that have been on skateboards without helmets and gone to the skate park and done a jump or something and they've really damaged their head and how about yourself have you given skating a go uh yes uh four years ago i used to do um skating at beyond skate in whitford's i did that for about a year and a half and then i got really bored of it but i would say i'm pretty good at skating a page i'm going to turn to you you look like you're very light on your feet perhaps you'd be a good skateboard rider have you tried it out Sadly, kind of yes. I Sadly, kind of yes? Yeah, I pretty much went on the board, just similar story to Amalia, came out underneath me, grazed, grazed my knees or so, shed a few tears and then I was done with that. So it takes really talent to stay on the board. So that put you off skateboard riding forever, did it? Um, I may try it again because I remember I was given a skateboard when I was like five and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And then my parents come back, I'm older, and they're like, here's a, skate- here's a skateboard you got, try this out. And I'm like, okay, um, all right, I'll try it. And then that's when I fell over and no thank you. <laughs> Natvi, um, what does it mean to you that the June Lup Council decided some months ago to um, provide more lighting at Mirror Park and Ocean Reef? Um, it's very good and it's very kind of them. And I think everybody uh, who goes to Mirror Park is very grateful because people who skate, like, late at night or don't have, like, much time during the day, it really helps, like, to see where they're going and, like, it could prevent injury. Local kids, local schools. John Logan's School of Thought. With me this afternoon, five fabulous kids. They're all 11-year-olds from the Beaumaris Primary School in Ocean Reef. Paige loves reading, so here's a change of pace for you. Um, where did you start, well, when did you start to read Paige and why? I started reading at, I'd say, about year one, about when I was eight or so. Um, reading is just awesome. You can pick up a book and go anywhere you want, pretty much. Who got you into reading? Well, at school, you like get readers, read this and do your weekly reading. And I did that, all of that. And then I actually found out, oh, it's not just homework. I actually enjoy reading. So it's I about 700 doing. kids at your school, isn't it? Yeah, about 700. Do you reckon plenty of those are into reading? Yeah, probably. Reading is just, you know how reading is. There's people that are active, people that like reading. And probably, yeah, lots of people would like reading. These days, of course, it's not just about hard copy, about printed books. You have the electronic formats for reading. And then, of course, you have the audible books. So there's quite a choice. So maybe reading is, um, well, it's taking different shapes and forms. Is that encouraging more people to read? I reckon so. There's like, you can get like ordered audible books and like you can listen to that or you can get like Kindles. And you can go under the covers and read. And I think it's definitely making more people read. Which format do you prefer and why? I prefer, like, actual paper and stitched books. Um, Paper books because they're just... I think they're just, like... They're sort of, like, free, if you get what I mean. Like, you've got to, like, pay for a Kindle. You've got to 
sometimes pay for the Audible books, but these books you can go, like, go to a library and they're just like the traditional way. So like in terms of your family, like your, your parents and grandparents and people like that, um, I don't know if you've got siblings, but perhaps you've got sister. Some, a sister. Is she little older sister. than you? Little sister. A little She's sister, okay. What about nine. the older people in your family? Do they like to read hard copy books? My parents and my mum and dad aren't into reading, I'd say, as much as me. Like, they're not into reading as much. Um, my sister, she reads books um, now and then. So my family doesn't mind reading books, but I read books, like, way too much. It sounds like you can never read a book way too much, by the way, Paige. I think you're really on the right track. Like three hours a night. Three hours a night. That's fantastic. Like nine o'clock, so. Is that right? So yeah. pretty much mum and dad say. Not including the morning. Not including the morning. Yeah. So you've got to be told to nick off to bed. Are you rather read a book than watch TV by the sounds of it? Uh, yes, I'd rather read a book than watch TV. That's what sorts of books do you like reading? I know David Williams is one of your favourite authors. Of course, he's a children's book author. Um, what other authors are your favourites and what's your genre that you're really into? Um, my favourite books, my favourite series um, by far is probably Wings of Fire. Um, it's a book about dragons and it's written by Tootsie Sutherland and... I like David William Williams. Williams Williams, you get what I mean. Um, he writes different like styles of books. He's like Ronald Dahl, pretty much. He's got, he's done many books. I love fantasy books. Fantasy books, I just love the, reading those. Why do you like fantasy books? I find that you can actually like get away in like escape. You can like. You can. It's almost like it's real, if you get what I mean. Let's bring Matvi into the conversation. What do you enjoy reading, Matvi? What sorts of books and what well, sort of format do you like? I like them hard copy, like paper books, because like I just it's just the traditional way. And um, I mostly read horror or like true horror, true crime, but I also like to read a good amount of fiction. And you do a lot of reading. Uh, yeah, I do do a lot of reading. So what are we talking about in terms of hours? You've just listened to Paige oh, tell us that she nothing reads for hours. To that. I might read to like one hour, maybe half an hour a day, almost like almost every day. That's still a fair bit of reading. Yeah. How about you, Amalia? You into books? Uh, yeah, I love books. I'm currently reading the Twilight Saga. What is it about that that you like? Well, I know it probably doesn't suit many people. Well, some people. I know a lot of people love it, but... Um, I don't know. I just love the story. I really like vampire books. Riley and Joel, now you're going to tell me that you love reading sports books, aren't you? No. You're not. I'm you don't like, not, like, no. You're shaking your head, which no, is never I'm, good on radio, guys. No, um, no. I'm actually a very big book person as well. I also preferred the hard copy. One of my favourite series, I'd have to say, is Harry Potter, which I love. I think I've read the books about three times, and I read quite a lot as well. I'd say I read about an hour at night, maybe half an hour in the morning. So. Well, that's pretty impressive. How about you, Riley? So um, I I read, I used to read Aunt O' Weirdo a lot, and I also, I love Tom Gates, but I used to, I used to read like a lot, like four hours a night, which might seem like a lot, and trust me, it is. And then I kind of just died down because I like I wanted to do other things apart from reading. 
I'm really surprised that you guys are not into reading about your favourite, um, your gun sports stars. Well, yeah, in my perspective, there, there are a lot of books about sport, but they're all, in a way, kind of tutorials. You don't really find... There are some out there, but you don't really find the good books about all the players and all that, about football or soccer, um, because they're quite rare, because most of them are tutorials. So I kind of stick to that kind of fiction fantasy side of things are you guys into in hard books. copy or electronic books um well hard i um yeah riley you're into yeah myself i'm into hard copy because i just feel that it's so much more yeah it's so much more it kind of brings you into it it makes you feel like you're there and it makes yeah. you it, you just read and you can just feel like you're there it and it's an image in your head a lot as well. And How about you, Joel? Well, I normally, I watch documentaries on people uh, on Netflix, so I've watched the Travis Scott documentary, uh, and I've also, I've watched the Cristiano Ronaldo documentary, which is my favourite footballer. Good segue into my next question, mm. uh, guys. How do you feel about books being made into movies and TV shows? Do you think there should be more of that? Yeah, I feel really strong about that sort of stuff and I'm very personally, myself liking Harry Potter, happy that there are the Harry Potter movies and I think they should do that more. Yeah, because um, I I love the Twilight movies as well, like... I never would have started reading the books if the movies didn't exist because they were the first things I watched. If I didn't um, watch documentaries, I feel like I wouldn't know as much as I do on some people. Documentaries, but what about fantasy? Like, getting back to what Paige was saying, Matvey, would you like to see more movies around, you know, the unreal? Yeah, it would be great as a way to compare books and, like, movies to see if what you imagined was how the director or the movie maker like perceived it and like saw it. Paige, I'll give you the last say. This is your segment. How do you feel about books and movies and TV programs? Do you think more books should be used on the big screen? Definitely. Like Harry Potter was a big hit and Wings of Fire is actually getting a series and it's being made by the same people who made the movie Wrinkle in Time. And it's coming to Netflix and there'll be ten, around 10 episodes with 40 minutes each, you know. And I am bursting with excitement for that. I cannot wait till that comes. It'll be in like, I'd say, a year or two or so. But that's exciting. Local students, their views. Tom Logan's School of Thought. Let's hear uh, from a couple of young guns <laughs> in soccer from the Beaumaris Primary School and Father Afield. Riley and Joel, how you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, now, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right for an old guy. Now, gird your loins, guys, because I'm going to ask you some really tough questions, OK? All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Now, Riley, I understand that you're a supporter of Manchester United and your mate Joel supports Crystal Palace. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that's got to make for some very interesting match days between Man United oh, and yeah. the Palace. <laughs> well, there, yeah, it will definitely bring up some rivalry between me and Joel, but um, they're, they're normally quite calm games because in the Premier League there's a lot of derbies, which is the hometowns when they're against each other. They're normally the most hectic games and... 
This one's a bit more calm, but it can still bring up a lot of rivalry between me and Joel. Who introduced you guys to uh, soccer? Uh, so my mum and dad in England, the, um, when they were younger, they would go to um, Crystal Palace's games and um, they would be very passionate about it. Yeah, and it's similar for me. I feel like my dad especially was a very, very big Manchester United fan and my mum's parents were very, very big for football as well because they all grew up in England and it's a very, very big sport over there. And a lot of different teams from where I come from is Manchester, so Manchester United and Manchester City. But there's a lot of rivalry, especially in my family, because my dad grew up loving United and my grandma <laughs> loves City. So it's a lot of things when the games go on. How old were you when you got started, you two? Uh, so I was, I was very young. I was about two um, when I started to do a programme in Joondalup uh, and it was called Toddler Soccer. That's pretty amazing, two years old. Barely can walk and you're playing yeah. soccer. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a similar thing for me as well. Around, I'd say, halfway through me being two, maybe towards me becoming three, I started doing little junior toddler programs where they kind of just teach you how to kick a ball, really. It wasn't nothing too big, but we, we loved it, certainly. Yeah. And then as it went from there, I joined a club called Sorrento FC and Joel dubbed a... Joined a club called June Up City and I've been there for the rest of my life. Um, and um, For the rest of your life? Uh, uh, your whole 11 years old. For the 11 you know. years of his life, yeah. that is. <laughs> and I've recently also moved to the same job, um, same club as Joel, so we're pretty good mates there in the club, although we're not in the same team. It's pretty good to see each other around. So you play outside of school as well, obviously. Yeah. You love yeah. what you're doing with Sorrento. Sorrento yeah. FC. And I would... Um, any days of the week that my dad would be free, I would, we'd, me and him would go down to the Oval near Beaumaris and we would just keep, kick a ball about. You have routines before you actually start the matches? Yes, yeah. So, Even when we're young, it's a lot more intense as you get older, obviously, in big leagues. But even when we're young, our coaches normally get us there about 45 minutes before the game and we do a decent amount of warm-ups and then... Halfway through the game, we get some orange and stuff like that protein into us. You're telling me before we got on air that some of your kids actually even have a bit of a diet before yeah. you go on air, so, before you get to yeah. the match. Is that right? So, yeah. What I do is I have porridge because porridge uh, like makes you like um, it's got fibre in it or something, and uh, it's really good for yourself and good to like. And it kind of gets you pumped up. And I also have a banana because it that is filled with fibre. Spinach is the way to go, you know. You've heard yeah. the stories about spinach, haven't spinach, you? Yeah. <laughs> of course we have. Oldies like me have heard the stories about spinach. Spinach, yeah. <laughs> That's spinach. Let's open this up to the rest of the group. You guys love soccer? Matt, um, Yeah, I actually play in the same team as Riley, actually. Um, I, I like soccer, but I'm not as passionate as them. Like, I don't go for a certain team. But I do like some teams, and um, uh, yeah, just I still play it. And girls, Paige and Amalia, of course, soccer has become uh, a girls' sport. Um, the Matildas, uh, well, they're doing really not too badly on the world stage, and Sam Kerr and all that sort of stuff. Have you given soccer a go at school? 
Well, um, sometimes I used to play with Riley. How about you, Paige? I, whenever I play soccer, I get it more to the face than I do to the foot. So soccer, I don't mind soccer and it being a girl sport. Each to his own, I reckon. You know, some people love a particular sport or sport in general and some try to steer clear of it for one reason or another. If the ball ends up on your face or into your face more often than not, maybe it's a good idea that you stick to the reading page. Yeah, uh-huh. why I yeah. never broke a bone. Yeah, <laughs> as same as Paige, a lot of people in football do get a ball to the face more than more to the ball to the foot. Let's talk about Sam Kerr. She's pretty famous and I know lots of girls yeah. who play yeah. Um, yeah. soccer yeah. these days. It's... Tell us about her latest feats and do you think that she's encouraging not only the girls but also the boys of your age to play yeah. footy? Yeah, um, uh, she can uh, if she does like if she uh, does something that is really good it can be and it's shown to Australia or the rest of the world then other people and young ones can like learn from that and like and um, we think it's a very good thing that football's becoming a more of a neutral gender sport because it's not just for men. It's a good thing that women are getting into it and I think that she's a really good example of someone to look up to for young girls that are getting into football. Yeah. Okay, you've got some favourites of your own in the men's teams, of yes, course, the English do. Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about one favourite each. Okay, so my favourite player is Christian... Cristiano Ronaldo he's not in the EPL uh, the English Premier League but he is the best in the world where's he playing these days uh, he is playing in Juventus at Juventus in Italy. He did play in the EPL, didn't he? Yes, yes. he did play in the EPL, and one of the main reasons I actually love Ronaldo is because he played for Manchester United at a very young age, and he stayed there for quite a while, and he won us quite a few trophies because that was the prime team for Manchester United. But he's been all over the world, and there's a lot of debate on whether he's the best player in the world or, or whether Messi is. Messi. Lionel Messi, another very good player. Yeah. But we personally favour Ronaldo because he's been all over the world and done many, many things for many, yeah. many, many different clubs. And, um, and Cristiano Ronaldo, he has had more trophies than Messi. He's had more clubs that he's been um, that he's been offered to. Um, and he's way more expensive than Messi. Now, boys, before we go, we're fast running out of time, and I know you're really passionate about uh, the round ball game, as I call it. Okay, what is the story when it comes to, yes, indeed, contact sport? Now, you guys have been telling me that soccer is a contact sport. I was brought up on Aussie rules. So convince me that soccer is a contact sport. Well, in football, there's a lot of tackling obviously there is a big reputation in football for a lot of diving which we know does happen especially in professional leagues but just because there is a lot of diving does not mean it's not a contact sport because if you actually get into the game and watch it it's not all what he's diving it's um it can be quite a contact sport with especially tackling yeah um uh, look, football isn't isn't UFC, boxing, punching to the ground, wrestling down to the ground. It's more it's more like going for a tackle. If it, if that if you get this, your studs on their legs, well, it's not the end of the world. But also, uh, it can cause to serious damage. And I don't I don't think it's that good for AFL people that play AFL to be calling. 
uh, footballs for wussies because I can't stand it. it. I would never do that. Yeah. I would it, never do that at all. <laughs> Especially with you two in the room. Yeah, it can cause a lot of damage. And I know one of the players that plays for my favourite team, Manchester United, called Luke Shaw, is only just coming back from an injury because he actually broke his leg in one of the challenges. So they can be quite contact on, but they can also be quite full of faking. Guys, I know you could talk about this all day, but unfortunately we're out of time. What I'd like to do is finish up this program with the opportunity for you guys to shout out uh, to someone. We've had the Bay Morris um, Primary School kids, five fabulous kids, 11-year-olds with us this afternoon on School of Thought, and we're going to say goodbye by going around the room, starting with Amalia, and Amalia would like to shout out to someone. Um, well, I'd like to shout out to my best friend, Ruby, who is also into music as well. Matthew? I want to give a shout-out to Gregor and Caden for just being great friends. How about you, Paige? My big group of friends, you know who you are, and Miss Grishaw. Riley and Joel? Miss Ball. Miss Ball. Our those... wonderful teacher and also one of our good friends, Jackson and Callum. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us on School of Thought this afternoon and all the best to everybody at Bay Morris Primary School. It's been a fabulous show with some great kids. This is John Logan. Until next time, take care and God bless.